This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Well, good morning and welcome to the Forever Bristol City live podcast. It's 11 o'clock. It's Thursday morning. Joining me in the studio, I'm sure they've got their coffees in front of them in their home. So we're in the virtual studios, Dave Fevs and uh, Ian. Final score then at the Vitality Stadium last night was Bournemouth nil, or Bournemouth 1, I should say, City nil. Classic game of uh, two halves. Um Chaps, I'll come to you first, Dave. Uh, your thoughts on the game? I looked at the highlights again, literally a few minutes ago, and we we did have the chances in the first half, no doubt about that. But your your thoughts on the uh, on, on on the match? Yeah, I think as you say, it was a game of two halves. I thought first half we were the, the better side, and I don't think anyone would have been, you know, too unsurprised if we'd have taken one of those chances and gone in one nil up, and that'd have been pretty deserved. But second half we got a bit of a lesson, I think. Um, and showed that we, we perhaps need to find different ways of stopping the good sides, even if it's just stopping them playing and frustrated and then going again. But I think mm. they expose us and they tire us out. And I think that was the kind of lesson for me, is how, how do we stop getting into those positions where we then can't influence the game? And I, I wouldn't say Bournemouth deserved the three points. Yeah, and I think draw would have been a fair result, but that one bit of quality um, was, was enough to, to get the points to them. And that's what we're going to have to be very mindful of as the season goes on. Yeah, Ian, your thoughts uh, on uh, on that? Yeah, it was the archetypal game of two halves, wasn't it? Um, first half, we looked good. Uh, we grew into the game, uh, passed the ball well. Um, we looked a good side. If you'd have watched that game, the first half of that game last night, you did, and you were an independent person watching that game, you'd have said Bristol City are a good team. If someone would have then told you at the end of the game, you do realise that Bristol City made seven changes at halftime, do you? you? You'd have probably believed them because there was that much difference. Mm. Um, I've got a slightly different view on it from Dave. I, I think to a degree we've been sussed. Um, if you look at our, our performance, I mean, the, the key thing for me is that Dean needs to take us to the next level because that's why Lee Johnson was sacked because he couldn't. 
and I'm concerned not just about the results because, like Dave, I wasn't doing backflips when we won four on the trot because at least three of those we could have easily lost. Yeah. Um, but I am concerned about the performance level and one goal in the last three games. And let's be yeah. fair, that was a, a that, that was, was a, a flaky. That was a flaky, flaky pen. pen. Okay, let's so, look at the uh, yeah. Let's uh, we come back to sort of looking forward. And uh, as I said today, just before we went live, is what's happening. Uh, the next three games are critical. But uh, let's look at the starting lineup. I mean, there were enforced changes, um, and obviously Cessignon being out, and um, Vyman and obviously Mawson missed part of the uh, the last game. Uh, Dave, the the lineup. O'Dowda coming in. Lots of. Uh, complaints about that so it was another it was replacing another weakish non-typical midfield player with with another what were your thoughts on that lineup and he talks about doing rotation but pato i'm sure ian will talk about him still keeps his place in the team and then the changes up top so dave thoughts on the team the lineup yeah i, I think we kind of start with the the back five he brought hunt back for the injured session on so no no surprise there Rowe came in probably to be a Give a bit of rotation for De Silva, so I don't. I didn't see any kind of problems with that. Um, I thought, looking at the fact that we went Semenya and Gigi up front, I thought it might have been that we might go a little bit more direct last night um, and, and kind of play off the play off the front men. Um, O'Dowd coming in was pretty much a well, say a like a like for like swap for Andreas. So I don't think that's a bit harsh, but um, in terms of the role that he was asked to. To play and, and Backinson came in for Brunt, so I, I wasn't massively surprised by the, the formation. I thought we might play a bit differently, and actually, it's kind of Ian and yourself alluded to the, the first half. We actually played some played some reasonable football, as Ian said. We grew it grew into the game, started to pass it, started to get kind of quite decent territory, in, and we created some good chances. So I, I, I don't think we, we blame the lineup. Um, I think what happens is is that second half, if we if we if we don't keep those levels up, and that's levels of performance, levels of energy across the across the team, good good teams pick you off and they expose everything that maybe, you know, Ian, Ian will know. I, I don't believe there's any magic formula. I think you put any formula out there, teams will find flaws in it if you don't work hard enough. And I think that's mm-hmm. what happened last night. But yeah, there we go. What were your thoughts on the, the lineup, uh, um, Ian? It, 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 didn't it didn't surprise me particularly because when you're playing three games in a week, if mm-hmm. if you can rotate and and the positions we can rotate in our central midfield and up front, um, uh, and we rotated, so I wasn't looking at it and I was shocked. I wasn't surprised to see a left winger, two left wingers, arguably, mm-hmm. um, certainly a left winger and a ten in midfield because it it worked. Very well at Middlesbrough last year, and ever since then, Dean Holden's been absolutely fixated on it. And I think that's one of the one of the mistakes as a young manager that he's making. Yeah. Um, just because it worked there, uh, and I haven't seen it work brilliantly since. I've seen us win games doing it. We we played well at Stoke, and it worked, and we did it. But unless you get reinforcements in that midfield area, then Backinson, you can't expect a young lad like no. that to run the midfield for 90 minutes and sit in front of the defence and yeah. set moves up. Because all you've got to do is an attacking team is stop him from turning and playing forward. And we lack the creativity to get through. Hence the 
one goal in three games, even though you've got arguably more attacking players on the field. So if you're yeah. going to play O'Dowda, play him left wing or 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 don't bother. Yeah. Um, and it, and if you're going to play Pato, play him as a ten behind two strikers. But that means having three players in central midfield behind him. So um, and and they've got to be midfield players and. Hunt got exposed last night and we didn't mm. get someone over there quick enough to help him out. The yeah. substitution was negative. However you look at it, you know, we brought Brunt on um, to shore things up and moved O'Dowda over in front of Hunt, which didn't really work at any It certainly didn't work going forward and it didn't no. really work defensively. Yeah, Dave, you wanted to... Disappointed, Dave. You wanted to uh, chip in uh, there yeah. with uh, some of Ian's comments before we just I'll pick off the individual items of the first half. But Dave, uh, chip I, in. I, I, I think Ian, you, you you make a kind of valid point about you know we're playing a left winger and a, you know whatever in, in there. And I, I think what we'll what we'll see with with Vyman A is he's, he's played this you know a six and, and two eights and I don't like terminology per se, but that's kind of modern football parlance. But I think why it worked relatively well with Patterson and Vyman is because actually playing Patterson and Vyman to their strengths, they're more attacking-based players. Um, they like to get forward, and therefore it was a good fit. You know, you probably see it a it like that. But I think there's a time where what you've got to do is say, the players that I'm playing in, the, in those roles, I don't expect them to play the same as Andy Vyman, or I don't expect them to play the same as as Jamie mm. Patterson, I want them to come in and play their game. And I think that's hopefully where we, we'll see some learnings if we start to see a different makeup in that in that midfield three. Because, mm. you know, it, it ain't perfect. It, it wasn't perfect with Patterson and Vyman and to some extent we did get away with it. Um, but actually that's because we probably allowed them to play to their strengths. Whereas actually, if you start to kind of change that round, you know, last night I'd have probably play Brunt and Backinson and then play Patterson as the 10, as you, you kind of say, play Patterson in his best position. But then have that Yeah, you could have played him wide. You could have, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, let's, look, that, at, let's look at the first half, let's look at the first half uh, action. I mean, there's, there's four key points here. Semenyo, uh, side netting after we did a good high press early on, shot into the side netting, neat footwork from him. Then we had the, the Backinson shot that was uh, well saved by, is it Berkovic going down to his right? You know, that, that's going to go in probably seven times out of ten. But keep it, fantastic save, it. It. it was a good save. Then there was a corner and Callas, who I thought had a good game last night, headed off the line by King. And then Famara, he miscontrolled the ball, which uh, confused the defence and created the opening. And Lloyd Kelly uh, came in to block it. I mean, Ian, those one of those should have gone in. And then, you know, that probably was the difference between getting a point and nothing, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, in, if you look at the first half, we if we'd have gone in two up, I don't think anybody would have argued. I think we were by far the better side and we looked a good football team. Um, but I, I, you know, you've, you've got the players out there um, who should be scoring those goals. We've got recognised goal scorers in the team, but the way it's going... Um, Particularly if we get an injury to a central defender, I could I can see us having to go four five one four three three before much longer because mm. we just haven't got um, I don't know about any replacement, but we haven't got what one would consider 
a natural replacement. Um, if we lose uh, we any got, of the back three at the moment, you haven't got. If we lose if any of the back three, more get injured. We're we're talking about um, you know trying to put a square peg into a round hole potentially. Yeah, people say Rowe can play in there. Backinson would be experimental, but no, you're absolutely uh, you're absolutely right. That Dave, those first half chances were uh, plentiful, weren't they? And it was a good performance. I think some people said it was probably one of the best 45 minutes we've done all season, including the winning run. Yeah, but we just couldn't convert, could we? No, and I, I think we probably missed out one of the other probably just as good chances as the others. That was for for Mara's header from a corner, which it came off his shoulder. That was a really, yeah. really good Yeah, good yeah, that's the first uh, half as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, on on Semenyo's chance, I, you know, as a, as, a, as a stats man and an XG man and all that kind of stuff, you'd probably say that Semenyo, I, 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 I think his chance was only something like about 0.29 of a chance. But for me, that's a chance he's got, I've got to score if we're, if we're talking about in football terms. Um, yeah. I, I thought Gigi's... Chance, I think it was good defending by by Kelly. We're unlucky the ball wasn't deflected in, but yeah, we, we we created some good chances, and I thought we played some good football. We we moved the ball out to the wings and back inside and probed for for openings, and and we looked a decent side. And, you know, and it kind of went went out the window second half, unfortunately. Yeah, well, the second half, Ian, uh, I'll come to you next. Um, uh, Lloyd Kelly uh, hit the post uh, and then Callas did a block tackle on uh, Solanke. No pen there. A little bit of, uh, a, a little bit of uh, luck going City's way. Dijou had a header that if it had a bit more power, it might have snicked in by the post. But then the goal when it came, talk us through that one, uh, Ian. Talk us through that one, the goal. Well, I, I think they brought... And the, the second half on. performance. And the second half performance. Our second half performance was poor. Uh, we didn't offer a threat going forward, made a negative substitution. Um, the, their sub came on, played a nice one-two on, on the edge of the box, nice dummy, and clipped the ball over Bentley. Now, it was a, it was a reasonably similar opportunity to the one that Pham had. Now, he scored it and Pham didn't. And, and that probably, you could look at the players and say, well, that's a, a difference in quality. Um, but it, it's fine margins, and I think one thing I would say is I don't think there's too much wrong with us um, defensively because we're not conceding lots of shots on target and we're not conceding lots of goals. I think mm. our, our problem at the moment, and it's quite surprising when you think of the number of attacking players in the team, um, our, our problem is going the other way. Uh, and I think that's caused by the midfield. Um and and until he gets that shape right, um, then I think we'll be in a uh, we'll be in a bit of a quandary. Mm-hmm. Dave, that goal it was uh, like we got hit by a sixteen million pound striker against uh, Villa. This kiddie, Dan Juma, um, you know, fourteen million, and he took the chance well, didn't he? Some people said Bents made it easy for him. Yeah, some people trying to criticise him for his goalkeeping. He didn't have a lot to do last night, but uh, you know, that's that's the quality that you get with a fourteen million striker, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was a mistake from Bentley. All I'd say is he, he made he made the striker's mind up for it by, by kind of coming out. But I think you're damned if you do, damned if you don't on, on that one. He stays on his line and gets beaten. People say, why didn't he come off his line? Sometimes you've got to, you've got to accept that there's, there's good play creates chances, and, and that was one of them. You can always blame someone for a goal or a 
combination of people for a goal, but I, I give Bournemouth credit for that. You know, we, we gave the ball away sloppily down, down the right-hand side, didn't we? Gave it back to them, but, you know, we had enough bodies in there. Unfortunately, good ball in, really nice cushion layoff from Solanke and Jan Juma. It's a fantastic first touch because he kind of just took it away from anyone who might have anticipated what he was mm. going to do. And, and you know, and that, that's what happens at, at this level, unfortunately. Yeah, and we talked, uh, Ian alluded to the substitutions, Brunt coming on to shore things up for Semenyo. An interesting post somebody's put on Semenyo. It's a new poster on here, and uh, I'll take either of your views on this because I thought he had a good game last night. And uh, this chap on here, um, he said he's watched all the games, blah, 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 and can't understand why people are so positive about Semenyo. I know he's young and one of our own, blah, blah, blah. But I can't honestly tell you what type of striker he is. Pacey, not seeing him outrun anybody. Powerful, not seeing him really outmuscle. I certainly dispute that. He does not run down the channels. He does not make runs into the box to create a pass from midfield. He's not a fox in the box. Does he have a trick to make space and get a shot off? Not seeing anything to say he's good in the air. So what is he? Because unless he does one of these, I'm not sure he is a striker. Certainly not at this level. I mean, do you think that's harsh, Ian? And Dave, separately, and you first on that, on Semenya. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's unfair criticism until he starts scoring goals. I mean, I think he, he out-muscled somebody in the Coventry game to set up a chance or something like that on the half turn. And I think at the moment, it's, I think it's fair to say that he's probably more of an, more of an impact player. So a good... 20 minute last 20 minutes option against a tiring defense. Mm. Um, I think most people's first choice partnership would be Martin and Wells, but they can't play every game. No. And if they do, we're going to finish up where we normally do, where we get to Christmas and then start a slalom down the table because everybody's worn out. Um, and you can't do that. And where we can rotate, and there's only two places central, well, we can rotate it left wing back, but really, if you say central midfield yeah. and up front are the only places where we can truly rotate, I think Semenyo's got some promise. He's he's a million miles from the finished article, but he's not played very many championship games. And yeah. I think if he was a player somewhere like um, Rotherham, for example, he'd get a lot more games, and then all of a sudden we'd be going out and paying seven or eight million quid for him. Yeah, um, no, you're right. But, but I think at our club, he's going to struggle to get lots of games because if if you had to pick a side to save your life, he'd probably be your fourth choice striker. Mm. Dave, your thoughts on the Semenya? Yeah, fairly similar. I'd probably use the, the term rule. Yeah, I think you know I, I may have mentioned on the pod before he's not gone through the typical academy system. You know, as a you know a ten ten year old all the way up. And I think, you know, the, the poster we put on OTIB this morning talked about him also building partnerships as well. And I, and I think it's all fair critique of, of Antoine Semenya. He, he's raw. You, you need someone like a Chris Martin to get hold of him and say, when when Fam's going up for that ball there, you need to be making one of these two runs. If the ball goes in the right direction, fantastic. But if it, you know, if it goes the other one, you know, you've just got to, got to accept that. But I don't see those runs off of people at the moment. But I think he's a talent. I think yeah. he's got. I think he's, you know he's certainly got power. He's got the ability to go past people. Yeah. But he's also probably he needs that sharpness to then get away from people. I, I think I, I said on on the Swansea game that there were a couple of I'm not going to say they're half chance. There were a couple of attacks on Saturday against Swansea where 
if he could have got that toe in front of the defender, he either gets brought down or he gets a shot away. And I think yeah. he's just missing that match sharpness. And, and I think Ian's right. He's an impact player. Come on against against tired legs, and and he looks a different proposition. And, and in fairness, he's jumped ahead of Famara in the in the in the kind of striking. Pe- pe- yeah, no, I would, so I would agree I with that. So I don't think I don't think that's a bad bad thing. He's got a lot to learn, and but yeah, you know, he just needs to be given opportunities as a rotation. I think is the right thing. Playing, you know, here here and there, and gradually he'll build, and gradually he'll get more confident. Gradually he'll learn the game as well. Yeah, um, let's go on to match ratings. And Dave, you've done yours on OTIP, so I've got them here in front of me. Um, I don't know whether Ian's seen them, but uh, Dave, have you he got did. them? I, te- I texted him last oh, night. Oh, you've got it. So, I mean, again, I'll, I'll shout them out um, since I can see them here as well. You gave Bentley uh, a six. Yeah, he didn't have a lot to do, so I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Ian, similar view there? Bentley six? I, I, I gave Bentley a seven. I thought I wouldn't fault him for the goal, and I thought his general goalkeeping was very good. Yeah. Um, if you look at the two uh, wing-backs, Dave, you've done a five for Rowe, uh, sorry, a five for Hunt and a six for Rowe. Bit harsh on Hunt, maybe, Ian, do you think Dave's being, or, or not really? No, I, th- I I think Jack Hunt had a poor game last night. And I, I th- normally, I mean, he got the second highest number of assists last season behind uh, Eliasson, or as they call him on Sky, Eliasson. Eliasson. But, uh, <laughs> Elias um, on, yeah. and um, Dave, but but yeah. no, I I think that's I don't think I think Five Jack had a had a very poor game last night. Yeah, I agree with uh, Dave's uh, the three central defenders, three sevens, Viner, Callas, Moore. Would you agree with that? They 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 weren't uh, bossed off the ball. I didn't think the two youngsters and Callas gave a captain's performance. So three sevens, Ian. You agree with that? Yeah, yes, apart from I'd give Viner an eight. I think he was the best of the three. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'd, I'd probably probably say that as well. What I liked last night, on, on certainly from, from Moore and Viner's point of view, is that probably my my criticism of them is that they've not been tough enough. And I thought mm-hmm. last night they actually went in and made it uncomfortable for King and, and Solanke. And I mm-hmm. think without yeah. that, you know, we, we get rolled over. And I, so I thought that was a, kind of, a real sign of maturity for them that they've realised they've got actually be a bit more nasty. Yeah. No, that's good. So in the middle, um, we've got Backinson six, O'Dowd a six, Patterson five. I'm going to challenge you, Dave, there, because I think Backinson, yeah, he lost the ball a few times, but first half and with that shot, bringing a good save. So I'd be inclined to go, agree with you, O'Dowd on six, because he wasn't a disaster. I'm not a fan of his, as you know. I give Backinson a seven. Uh, but I agree with your Pato five. What, what's your view on those, uh, Ian? Uh, back into the six. Um, he was anonymous in the second half. Mm. If you look at his first half performance, I'd have given him an eight for the yeah. first half, and I, I'd have probably given him a five for the second half. So overall, I'd give him a six because you, you've got to impact the game. I'm not mm. saying for every minute out of 90, but certainly you've got to impact the game in both halves. Yeah. And Ian Pato five and a doubt of six agree for both of those or no I'd, I'd give them I'd give them both I give them both a six would you I, I thought, oh, that's interesting yeah I, I thought they you know based on the first half then the second half and then their overall performance don't forget Pato took some good set pieces as well um, yeah and if and sometimes when you think well if we leave him out the team you know who's going to take the corners in free kicks because there isn't um, a natural replacement in there. 
Uh, I don't mean shooting from the edge of the box, but I mean, you know, the corners and uh, right. those things. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, not on the strikers to save you asking me. I gave uh, that I gave them both a six and I gave all the subs a five because I don't think they made any difference. They weren't on long enough. Yeah, no, and, Dave, and Dave, you gave them two sixes. Now, interesting, yeah. Dave, you put in your comment there, you broke them down each half, they'd be very different if you did it. Uh, well, you broke them down. If you if you broke them down by each half, they'd be very different. Um this word keeps coming out, a very tired-looking second half. And that's the words that you've used there, Dave. I mean, everybody's playing the same number of games, yeah? You know, we've got a squad. What What is it with fit? Because some of our chaps in the last 10 minutes, well, before just before they scored, and you were texting me from about the 65th minute saying, we need new legs. I mean, Bournemouth didn't look half as tired as we did. They kept on going. Is, is fitness an issue, Dave? No, it's probably a, a kind of wrong terminology, really. I think what you see is when you're chasing the ball, you you get more tired doing it, or you mentally you it's hard to keep chasing the ball. And mm. I think that was what we lacked yesterday. So you know, I don't doubt that we're a a, a group of fit players. You know, let's not talk about injuries, but certainly you know general fitness. But when you're being exposed and you're getting overloads on you then you're going to look tired. And, and I think that's probably more what I meant rather than physically tired. I, I think what yeah. happened is, and I'll, I'll start for the, with the front two, Bournemouth obviously changed it slightly to say, actually, we're going to try and get Kelly and Metham forward. And and for me, you know, this is a bit of hindsight as well, because I didn't always, you know, I didn't pick up on all of this during, during the game. For me, I would have just sat Famara and Semenya on each of them and just stopped them. And say, Steve Cook, if you want to bring the ball down the middle of the pitch, you, you carry on. You bring it into congestion. But what we did, we tried to we tried to press Cook, and then he he inevitably found um, Kelly or Beckham in space. Yeah. That enabled Stacey and Smith to get on and push Rowan Hunt back, and, and you know mm. it's a kind of it's a domino effect from there, and it yeah. enabled them to get out of the pitch. And, and we we're chasing shadows, and I think. That, that, to me, was one of the learnings. So it, it knackered our midfield out in terms of they're suddenly having to worry about, do I have to press the centre-back coming forward or do I stay with my man? And you end up doing inefficient running. And that's yeah. I think that's the kind of net effect of of, of chasing the ball. Yeah. Sorry, just on that. And I think this is the difference between Saturday against Swansea, where we actually finished strongly because we kept the ball and we made them chase around after us and they look leggy. And I think it's just a, just what happens in foot. No, it's good. It's a good point. Now, Ian, uh, I think we, I texted you about this during the game. Um, Dean looked as though he did a, a Cottrell. I mean, I think we're allowed to name eight subs now. He pulled out a couple of the lads. Was it Opie Edwards and Towler out of the under 23s to bring them down with the first team squad? But he only named seven on the bench. Why not just name one of the youngsters on there just so he can be on the bench? Although saying that, they have to socially distance, so it's not a well, bench in have, the literal sense. You can only have seven. Yeah, I, 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 you can only have seven. Is that right? Ah, yeah. there we go. There we go. Yeah. So, Some and, people the were story... saying last night that there was only six named, but I think that was, a, if you look at BBC's thing, I think because uh, Dan Juma was double-barrelled, it took up an extra line on, on, right. on the BBC. So it looked the like Sky, they named one more sub yeah. than us. No, so the, Sky the Sky commentator yeah. said the same thing. The subs were O'Leary, Masengo, Brunt, Martin Wells, De Silva and Nash. I mean, 
the subs pick themselves because we've only yeah, got yeah. 18 fit outfit. Well, eight, sorry, we've only got 19 players to pick from and three of them are keepers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was me picking up on somebody else who made a mistake. So uh, I hold yeah. my hand up on that Play one. Down. I mean, look, we, 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 somebody's put on here. Um, well, in fact, I think Ian, you replied to one of the text calls on there. You know, do we drop Hunt? If we drop Hunt, you shift Viner, and then who plays centre back? And then Dan said, unless we play more and Callis together, but I can't see Dean Holden doing that. Is it that Dean Holden, and you've alluded to this a moment ago, Dave, is it that Dean Holden's got a fixation with a way of playing, right? That he's not gone. You, surely you should play your best systems. And a plan B is such that we could go 4 4 2, yeah, or Viner to move out, yeah. And then it does create an opportunity for Masengo or Nash to come in. And when Williams and Walsh are fit, yeah, he's going to have to change the structure of the team if they're both fit, isn't he? I'll come to you first, Dave, on, on that one. You know, is he is he too fixated? Is he becoming like a Johnson who he obviously learned from over the preceding four years? I don't think we'll ever accuse Johnson of being fixated on a system. True. <laughs> I, think, I think completely, completely the opposite. Um, I, I think Ian, we might have had this conversation off, offline in the week about you know if we get an injury to one of the let's call it one of the, the back three, we're going to have to make a change. But I think it'd be interesting to see whether Holden at some point does say, actually, I'm, I've knackered Hunt now. I need to think differently. And I think you know he might have to go to a back four. And I think that's fine. And I think, as Dan said, you could go Viner right back, play Moore and Callis in the middle, and then probably play De Silva left back. Because I actually think De Silva's better left back than he is left wing back. And yeah. I, won't, I won't go chapter and verse on what I think that, but that's, that's probably for another day. I think the key for me is that if we go to a back four, we have to play with a narrow midfield. And don't go and play wingers, because I think what's brought us our kind of solidity this season. And Ian's talked about us, you know, we've looked quite solid defensively last night in, in the main. It's because we congest the middle of the pitch and we, you know, we actually don't mind too much if teams get the ball really wide. We don't want them playing down the whips of our 18-yard box. But if they're out on the touchline, they're, they're less danger. And I think if we could play some narrow formation, you know, even back in the 17-18 season, we played a narrow 4-4-2 because we played Josh Brownhill tucking in on the right-hand side. We played mm. Joe Bryan tucking in on the left-hand side. And, and, and you know, we didn't even play any strikers, did we, really? I think we had kind of two, two false nines, as they like to say. But, and I think that... that so I could, it would be interesting to see if Holden is willing to, to flex that. I think he might have to. Well, that's the thing. Because you don't want to be, as as you said, everybody said, you know, people have sussed us out now a bit with Backinson, who's a bit of an unknown quantity and what have you. But Ian, you know, I know you've talked formations like 3-4-3. Three, three. There's so many different formations. But when you look that, you know, after the next international break, you know, there are four players, Masengo, Naj, Williams and Walsh, that are better than probably any of the those that make up the three at the moment. I mean, do we play four five one? You know, you've said play play without wingers, Dave. But Ian, your thoughts on Dino's mindset, and he's got two experienced coaches alongside him. And surely it helps that you can change the total structure of a side during a game rather than 
doing like for like replacements, Ian. Well, you can you, if you went, you can play four five one like Brentford did. So it's more or less four three three when you're attacking with two wide players. So your two wide players are probably Patterson and O'Dowda, um, and that gives you the opportunity. Although you've got one less central defender, you've got an extra what I'll call a proper central midfield player. So mm. let's say that the three in the middle were Williams, Walsh and Backinson. Yeah. And then you've got... That's all right, O'Dowd- That's right. I mean, that looks... And, and then you've got now, o- yeah. o- O'Dowd yeah. are probably on, on the right because I've seen Patterson play on the right and he's not as effective as when he plays wide left. Um, so you'd have O'Dowd on the right and then you've got uh, Patterson on the left and then you've got one up top, which would probably be Chris Martin, because he's the best link or hold-up player, yeah, and it works the same the same way as it would as it does. You know, you've seen Tottenham play. Harry Kane drops back into the midfield. The two wide players, Son and um, oh, what's the other the other lad? It's either the Dutch lad Bergwijn or yeah. the, the the French the French French lad who who got the hat trick in the European game. They bomb on past him. So the centre half comes out with Kane. Yeah. Then the ball goes in the channel, and all of a sudden the team's left exposed against pace. Now, mm. it can work like that. Brentford played like it, and at one point last year, Brentford had a goal difference of about forty-three. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not a negative formation. My only concern would be only having one striker, uh, because we have got. Um, I would say at least three very good, experienced strikers in Jiju, Martin, and Wells. And Wells, and but as you say, be... they can't play. They can't all play ninety minutes, you know. And doing no. what you said, that that midfield three that you just described there, what was it? Backinson, Williams, and Walsh. Yeah, that's got the physicality of Backinson. Yeah, the energy of uh, Williams and the skill of Walsh. That looks bloody good on paper doesn't it yeah and how you've described the rest of it and then would the goals come because you know we're playing with two strikers at the moment you know the goals aren't coming Naki Wells is just he needs service he's not getting it yesterday we started off with two guys with a lot of energy but a lot lot of uh, finesse I mean Dave I'll come back to you Dino's going to have to change and he needs to change just so we're not predictable because that's maybe that's what's happened. People know exactly how we're going to play and that's why we haven't scored in open play and we haven't got a win in the last four games. Yeah, I think it's it's it's, it's fair comment. You know, Ultimately, it'd be the players in that, in whichever system he picks that, that makes it work or not though. And, uh, you know, I, I do have worries about playing a 4-3-3, it kind of takes about something like school football where you end up with a right winger, a left winger and a centre forward and never the three shall meet <laughs> and uh, and you end up just having three statues up there and, and, and that's not what we need. Um, but, you know, let's, let's let's cross that bridge when we when we come when to we it. Get to let's, it. Let's, yeah. let's see if we can get through these next three games. Well, let's come on to that. Unscathed, the next, yeah, yeah the, the next three. Yeah. And I think, look, look at it. I mean, we've played eight. We're, we're set nicely there in sixth. Yes, I know we could easily drop down three or four places over the next uh, game or two, maybe even more than that. But we're sat there. And I think if you'd have said after eight games under Holden, 4-2-2, if it had come in a different sequence, because it went win, 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 what was it? Draw, lose, 
draw lose, yeah? But if you looked at the opening eight under Holden, we would still be happy. But now the next three games that are coming up are against Norwich. Is it Norwich at home, Huddersfield away, and then I think it's Cardiff away as well. Dave, Norwich at home, they're going to be another side with quality, yeah? Do, do you think that he'll maybe rest Pato? Yeah, because you keep talking – well, not we, we say players – need to be rotated. He's played a lot of minutes. So how do you think he'll approach the, the Norwich game, Dave? Yeah, I think it's time to give Patterson a rest, you know, assuming that he's got the luxury of doing that against, you know, fatigue of other players. But yeah, I think it's, he's had a, he's had a good run. He's, he's just, I, I think Ian's right. Did, there were some, there were some good things from Patterson last night, but I think with everyone that, the second half performance and, and the way we kind of ran out of energy kind of dragged, dragged his performance kind of rating down from, from most people. But he, he did have a good first half and he was kind of quite involved in, in a lot of our, of our good play. But I, I think he needs a, a little break. Yeah. What do you think, Ian? Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think against a side like Norwich that passed the ball, um, if you played four five one and you utilised a high press, certainly to start with, um, I, I think you can. Um, that would stop stop them playing through us. Um, you know, you don't want them to be getting people like Cantwell on the ball. But if you, I, I did an analysis today of what Dean's done this season and and the five games he took over for at the end of last season, and if you combine them. You've got playoff form. Yeah, you, you know we'd finish up the end of the season with about seventy-eight points, which would get you in the playoffs most years. Yeah, uh, gives you a, a, the win rate is is forty-six percent, which isn't fantastic, but it's not awful either. No. Um, and um, this season w- w- is obviously um, a little bit better than than the last five games. So, you know, I, I think he's doing okay. Um, the injuries, I mean, um, I heard a comment last night about Mawson being out for six months. Now, it was only on, I think it was Mark Tovey on Radio Bristol decided he was out for six months. I haven't seen anything officially saying that he's out for six months. I know that Vyman's out for the season. But mm. uh, I think Mawson's operation, it seems to me, because we haven't heard anything back from it yet, um, it seems to me it may have been an exploratory operation. So you just hope they went in there and found something minor like a cartilage as opposed to you know oh my god his acl's gone yeah yeah and then, yeah, we'd, we'd probably had this conversation as well you know i've i've had five knee ops and of all varying degrees from acl back down to just a bit of a, a tidy up of the cartilage and you know my first one i was back with it playing within four weeks you know and so you're right it could just be a bit of grit grit in there as well a bit of, you know loose fragments of cartilage of bone so we just need to wait and see. I was surprised when I heard, you know, six months. I'm thinking, where's that come from? So let's, let's wait and see. Yeah, yeah. I think too, just, op- I mean, I know, too optimistic either, but, you know, with his previous I, I know, record. But. I know Cess has gone, Cessignon's gone back to Fulham, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense. That's where he lives. And, you know, if he's got his leg up with a hamstring injury and he's having physio at Fulham for the next couple of months, you know, and he can be at home with his family, then that makes a lot of sense to me rather than, I don't know if he's in a hotel or whatever down here, but I mean, that that makes sense. And I would imagine Alfie Mawson would be the same. Um, 
if he's out for any length of time. But you always hold your breath with Mawson and Baker because they have got um, dreadful injury records. Both excellent players. And I think at the start of the season, my back three was Baker, Mawson and Callas. Mm. And if you look at that as a back three based on what we paid and the last transfer value, that's 32.5 million quid at Bristol City, mine, plus a £2 million goalkeeper. So, you know, this is my thing about moving to the next level. We're not little Bristol City. We've got a a very expensive squad and it, it, it really and expensive manager and coaches, and it really needs to start delivering. So I, I, if I sound like I haven't got a great deal of patience, um, I haven't. No. Well, we haven't. And look, the next three games will, as I say, define things because, you know, they're not easy games. Norwich home, Huddersfield away. And is it Cardiff away as well, chaps? Yeah, yeah it is. I, I, mean, I, was, I thought it was yeah. home, actually. But yeah, it's so, it's, so, so, I mean... <sighs> The next three games, if we won one, drew one, and lost one, that would still be that sort of playoff form. Yeah, that would equate to about 72 points. 80, well, that would be 18 points from 11 games. Yeah, it's, you know, that, that you know, and, and that's a minimum requirement now. Yeah, so what do, do you do, do you agree with me, Dave, that four from the next three is the, the minimum requirement for the start of the season to be deemed a success? Yeah, I think if you put it in those, those terms, yeah, I, I think that's about bang on. I, I think that'll be that might not be easy to get, and but I, you know we're not we're not going to be a million miles away from it. But you know we we definitely need to win one of the next next three. That, that that's just to kind of I don't want to use the term stop the rot, but we just we, we need to go into the the international break and taste victory. I think in the next three mm. games. What do you think, Ian? If it went, say, draw, lose, lose, yeah, what? And do you think, you know, this is where Dino and the club are benefiting by nobody being allowed in the ground? Because if it goes draw, lose, lose, then we could quite easily call him Streaky Dean because it would be seven matches then without a win, yeah? Yeah, this what, is the, the first. How much is the thing. pressure going to build if we were winless from the next three? I'll just chip in there, Ian, before you start. I think it might depend on level of performance in those games. It will, well, it yeah. depends on how you, how you win this, Dave. If, if, yeah. then the, if, if we drew the next, next mm. three, then that would give us, what, 17 points uh, after yeah. 11, which isn't the end no. of the world. Uh, if we were to lose two and win one, say we beat Norwich, then lost the next two, yeah. You've got a bit of pressure. Um, and I think uh, if you look at those three games and you said to me, um, what would you see as a decent return? I'd say five points. So that's a win in two draws or two wins and a defeat, if you will. That's six. But yeah. I, I think from my issue, when people start saying, well, we'd have settled for this at the start of the season. Yes, we would. But from where we were four games ago when we had 100% of the points we played yeah. for 
we we've dropped down to a foreign. Well, low, this is it. This is this this is a thing, isn't it? You know, like we would have we said under the last three years of Lee Johnson being in charge. You know, if you'd have gone into a time capsule in August and emerged in April, and you looked at three successive seasons, yeah, of improvement, which it was, maybe even four, yeah, that's what we're doing, isn't it? You know, we're getting these streaky. We're getting these streaky runs because, as I said a few minutes ago, if you'd have looked at the first eight games and that those four wins had been interspersed amongst the indifferent run of results, I think we would have been happy because we said we're in the playoffs after eight games. So yet again, it's Bristol City raising our expectations only to to dash it, isn't it? Yeah, so it's the same old pattern. What do yes, you think? Yes, it is, and, and and it's the same with the selection of the coach. Yeah, and I'll come back to it. You know, the la- I, I I look back at some old stuff that we'd done um, when Lee Johnson was selected, and, and if you looked at the the big forums or any of the stuff that was, you know, we were looking at getting uh, Nigel Pearson. He actually spoke about the job on Radio Five Live. You were looking at, uh, Brendan Rogers' name came up. Could we get Brendan Rogers to come down? And all of a sudden, Steve Lansdowne shows up, ladies and gentlemen. Lee Johnson. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Um, and the, the the largest, I mean, the best rating I saw him have was 60-40 against. Mm. And, exact, and, and then Steve's done exactly the same thing here with the Talk Sport interview, which I think has to go down is very unadvisable. Mm. You know, we're going to go to the next level. Uh, Mark Ashton, we've had applications from all over the globe. And and then, yeah. well, they make a rod for their own later, back with those comments. They make a rod well, for their does. own back with those and, comments. And it also yeah. sets an expectation level when you say, right, look, we're not having Chris Hewton. Um, we're not. Which he's not exactly pulling up trees at Nottingham Forest at the moment either. But yeah, I no. I, but when you yeah. you think that, that when he went in there, they haven't won a game. Yeah. Um, so let's let's be let's be fair. But in fairness, they have spent a lot of money, and I would mm. expect him. To do, to do, I'd expect him to do well because yeah. that's his track record. But you never know, it, 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 it might blow up in his face. But when you set an expectation level and you set the bar and you talk about going, going to the next level is getting in the Premier League. Well, it's yeah. at least getting in the playoffs to give you mm. a chance of getting in the Premier League. Yeah, and I mean that's 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 what my expectation has been raised to. Yeah, if if you. Dave. Dave, I haven't I haven't looked at the makeup of their team or anything like that. But if we'd have gone out and bought in an unknown Serbian coach, which is what Reading have done, and here they are, you know, with seven wins, one defeat. Uh, sorry, seven wins, one draw, zero defeats. So somebody said to me, you know, they probably only need to manage one point four points a game for the rest of the season to get into the playoffs. But have you looked at Reading at all? Because they haven't had a lot of money. They're a club that so say are always on the verge of of going bust. And here comes an unnamed, unknown coach. Or am I am I uh, ignorant that he's not just any old Serbian coach? He's got a track record. I don't know if you know, Dave. But what what is Reading's success? Because it's They've kept going. They were running us neck and neck, but they've kept it going. What do you think that's down to? I think they're playing a very dangerous game financially. I think they should have had to have offloaded several players in the summer. Mm. This is, you know, it's my view from you know looking at finances and things like that. And they haven't 
I think you know John Swift was going to go for three and a half million to, to someone, and they pulled the plug on it, and they said we're not selling. So I think they're they're sticking two fingers up to FFP, probably on the basis that it's now going to be spread across two years, and I think they're taking a big gamble. Um, if they if they start, you know, regressing to the mean, you know, they haven't created many goal scoring opportunities. They just keep taking them. And you know, in some respects, that's you know, that's that's great. And I think they've yeah. got some good good players. They've got some good players there. Um, I think where was the coach before? Was it one of the MLS clubs? Wasn't he? Was he? Was it Galaxy? I, I can't. I, can't I think you're right. I think I you're I right. Don't know tons about him, but they. So has he just got? Has he just got lucky? Because you say about getting rid of players like John Swift, we yeah they they didn't, and they probably he's probably worth no more than than Casey Palmer is. I mean, what's the what's this magic spell? Maybe we should take a view after 15 games not eight i mean ian you do you track reading at all lucas Zhao, he's ex he's ex chef he's, he's a streaky striker <laughs> scores yeah. in batches and then he'll go cold or he'll get injured so yeah i think it's too early to say but fair play to them sorry yeah ian any thoughts on the royals we haven't talked to uh, pete wood about it he doesn't watch them but he's lives up there so he must know people that well, do or watch them on telly, but you know, are you surprised that they're still keeping it going? I mean, they came back well against Blackburn. Well, started well against Blackburn and gave them a good pasting in the middle of the week, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I, I think that um, I, I, if you said to me at the start of the season, who do you expect to see at the top of the table? I wouldn't have said Reading. Let's put it that way. No. Um, no. But you know, why? Why not? I mean, I, I think. It, it's a, it can be a confidence thing. Like, um, I mean, I heard uh, some of the um, pundits uh, yesterday morning. I think it was uh, Paul Cook and somebody else on Sky talking about Reading and saying you have to remember that, that they pay massive wages. So I don't know, you know, if we could look into what their wage bill was last year. I mean, we can't talk. Our, our wage bill was 30, <clears throat> 30 million in the last year. Yeah. So, and that was about 105% of turnover. So, yeah. um, they were about but, 200, but, weren't they about 200% over that for a ring? I just wanted to I'll just quickly look it up. Carry yeah, on. I think, I, I think that, you know, if you're paying that kind of money and you've got those kind of players, because we were, I think we were in for Zhao and he, he went there and, and, and the comment was, well, you know, if they'd have offered me that kind of money, I'd have gone there and set a Bristol City. So, right. Okay, you know, so like, they splashed the cash just a little have, bit. Yeah. They haven't yeah, and, 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 I mean, in fairness, every I would imagine every EFL club is going to lose money that, this year, and it will be more than they normally use. We've only made money in one of the last, what, 10, se- 10, 10 sets 12, of Yeah, accounts. easily. Yeah, easily. So... And, and so what the what the, the they're talking now the EFL have gone forward this morning and saying they need a four hundred million rescue package, um, and uh, that's what they've asked for. Let's put it that way. And yeah. uh, you know th- there has to be a significant change. I was listening to Gary Neville on Sky this week, who, who's part of this organisation that wants an independent review body and, and that body to look after football which I think is a great idea. And all the things he said, as he said at the time, I don't think anybody would disagree with. Mm. Um, the, 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 the game, you know, salary capping has to come in, but obviously it has to come in gradually, particularly in the championship, because you can't walk up to a fellow earning 25 grand a week with a four-year contract and say, well, as of next week, you're on 15, uh, because that's, that's illegal. 
So, yeah, uh, unless he agrees to it. So, I, I think there's there's a long way to go. But I think um, looking at the financials for every club, um, I don't expect you know much activity in the EFL round about January, apart from us going out and trying to sign a, a central defender or two. Yeah, yeah. just to, just to come back on the on the figures, turnover, twenty one million. So. Less less than ours, about seventy percent of what ours is. Yeah. Wages wages forty million. So Jeez, right. Thirty or two hundred percent. Yeah, two hundred percent. And they 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 haven't changed that budget. And, and I would imagine last year, I think their crowds were bloody awful as well. So oh yeah, get much you know much gate money, and so yeah, they're one. All of right, the, so they're, they're treading. Of the they're, they're, treading uh, they're treading a dangerous path. Okay, yeah. guys, look, it's uh, a Saturday lunchtime kickoff, so we'll do one uh, probably three o'clock ish, something like that. If uh, you're all up for that, um, yeah. it's a Sky game, so uh, I'll be watching uh, on Sky. But once again, I'll say that I think the Robins TV coverage. Rennie Gil Martin was doing the analysis last night, amusing and as thorough as uh, Brian Tinian and a well. Uh, put together show to be honest I don't fancy the idea even though as a Lansdowne Club member I've been invited into watching a game on a big screen when it's going on through a partition wall behind me and paying 50 quid for the privilege even though there's food included I can think of better ways of uh, spending my money but uh, next three games as we said are critical Ian, Dave, thanks as always for uh, your contributions Um, Dave only a a quick one was was there any buffering on Robin's TV last night. Did you have to reload the pages? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I had had the TV and my Mac working side by side. My TV was absolutely fine last night. My Mac buffered twice. Right. But were you watching on five seconds? Were you were you watching on Robin's TV? Yeah, both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think they resolved some problems last night because I haven't heard much furore around around the forums on it like there has been the last. Two or three home. Well, or there we go. Games. That's good. Thanks to the uh, few people that joined us today. Didn't expect to have a big uh, audience. As I say, I think the audience and interaction will increase if we do either very, very well or very, very badly. I think, uh, you know, if we're doing well, we like to praise it. And if we're doing badly, people like having a good old moan. But, guys, thanks. I think we've had a constructive uh, conversation. I think we've uh, enjoyed the chat and. Uh, we can get back and uh, enjoy the rest of our coffee. So uh, have a good day. What's left of it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, God bless, Dave. Cheers. See you again. Best, boys. Bye. 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 It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants. Eighteen plus serving times, delivery fee, and time supply. See McDonald's.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.